This is the Moira Pentecostal Church podcast, providing you with sound biblical teaching. We hope you will be encouraged, challenged, and blessed by this ministry. This morning we want to turn to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians, the third chapter. Just read a couple of verses from verse 12. Paul says, Not that I have already attained, or am already perfect or perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Forgetting those things which are behind, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Fifteen miles from Enniskillen, on the north shore of Lower Loch Earn lies Boa Island. And on Boa Island, there is an ancient graveyard. And this ancient graveyard, Caldrach, is over a thousand years old. And there's some interesting headstones there. And one of them is standing stone, the Janus stone it's called. And tourists particularly go and like to look at it. Genus was the Roman god, uh, a Roman god that January is named after. And the Genus stone has got one head but two faces, one looking forward and one looking backward. So traditionally, the first Sunday of the new year is a time for looking back in retrospect and looking forward in prospect. And so as we stand here on the first Sunday of a new year, uh, I want you to make a choice, a deliberate, conscious choice. And I want you to choose today what you're going to leave in retrospect behind in 2017 and what you're going to, in prospect, take in with you in 2018. There's stuff that we need to leave behind in 2017. And there's stuff that we need to take with us into 2018. How many times have you gone on holiday and you've packed your case full of stuff that you thought you absolutely needed? And you made sure that certain things were packed there because you're going to need that where you're going. But after your week of holidays over, you look into your suitcase and those shorts never come out and those shoes were never put on and that hat never seen the light of day. That was just excess baggage. You really didn't need to take it with you. You thought you did, but you didn't. But then there's other stuff that you wished you had it taken with you when you got there. I wish I had brought that. I wish I had brought the other thing, but you didn't. You didn't take it with you. And so there is stuff that you've got to leave behind, and there's stuff 
that you've got to take with you. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are before. So let's just for a little bit this morning, let's look at some of the things that we should leave behind us and maybe some of the things that we should take with us. <clears throat> let's see, first of all, what we can leave behind. What about your mistakes? Mistakes are not always, to leave, not always easy to leave behind because sometimes our mistakes are costly. And sometimes our mistakes has consequences, ramifications that seem to go on and go on and go on. But while we may learn from our mistakes, we must learn to leave them. And while it is good to learn the lesson of our mistakes, we must learn to leave the loss of them if we can and where and when we can. All of us have made mistakes last year. All of us will, for sure, make mistakes this year. We'll try to minimize them. We'll try to avoid them. But in our humanity, just being people, we're bound to make some mistakes. <coughs> Trust God that will not be big mistakes or costly mistakes, but we will make them. Somebody said about mistakes, a lawyer's mistake is imprisoned. A doctor's mistake is buried. An accountant's mistake is fined. A dentist's mistake is pulled. An electrician's mistake is shocking. A carpenter's mistake is sawdust. A teacher's mistake is failed. And a fireman's mistake is burned. We all make mistakes. I heard about a man who wanted to take up ice fishing. And so he went out and he bought the appropriate gear. He got a tent. He got a rod and a reel. He got a parka jacket to keep warm. And he got a wee stool to sit on. And he went out in the ice. And as he started to saw into the ice, he heard a big booming voice say, there are no fish there. And so he packed up his tent and his gear and he moved up about 20 feet away, put the tent up again, got his rod out, got his wee still, sat on it, started to saw again. And again, a big booming voice says, there are no fish there either. And by that time, he was a little bit frightened. And he looked up and he says, God, is that you? The big booming voice says, No, I'm the manager of the ice rink. <laughs> <laughs> We're all prone to making mistakes, aren't we? Charles Swindle categorizes mistakes. He says there's panic-prompted mistakes, usually out of fear, or worry, or we're simply in a hurry. And maybe because we're afraid or we're worried, we act rashly and hastily, and we panic, and we do something that we shouldn't do, simply because we feel, I've got to do something. 
so he says there's panic prompted mistakes there's good intention mistakes and this could come from wrong timing or wrong method the intention was good what we wanted to do was good but we did it at the wrong time or we did it in the wrong way have you ever done the right thing in the wrong way or the right thing at the wrong time and it leads to a mistake mistake was doing it in the wrong time mistake was doing it in the wrong way but it's a mistake or a passive negligence mistake he says which results from laziness or lack of discipline or inconsistency or we didn't give something due attention we didn't do due diligence and we made a mistake or he says blind spot mistakes which usually comes from our ignorance or we're just dull or stupid and sometimes I'm dull and unstupid all at the one time and I make mistakes in our humanity and so there's mistakes that we have made this past year and where and when we can we've got to learn to leave them behind and not carry them back into this year as access baggage that we really don't need. And then there's our disappointments. All those nearlys and almost the job you nearly got, the car you nearly bought, the holiday you nearly went on, the weight you almost lost. <laughs> there's a lot of that went on, wasn't there? But then there's, there's some things that's really serious, really serious disappointments. Maybe the wedding that almost happened or the child that you almost had. And that's a major, major disappointment to deal with. And people disappoint. And things disappoint. And places disappoint. And sometimes we disappoint ourselves. And sometimes we disappoint others. All, all kinds of disappointments happen. And we have to learn somehow in the grace of God to leave it behind and to move forward. It's an old saying, but you can't unscramble eggs. What's done's done. And, and if we can move beyond the consequences and the ramifications of it, then let's do that. Psalm 73, verse 25 and 26. Whom have I in heaven but you? There is none on earth I desire besides you. My heart and my flesh feel. In our weakness, our heart and our flesh feels. And sometimes in our disappointments, do you ever feel your heart just dropped? That telephone call, that letter that came through, that bell that came in, whatever it may be, 
and your heart just drops, it feels. My heart and my flesh feel, Psalmist said. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So isn't it wonderful in the midst of all of life's disappointments that God is the strength of our heart and he is our portion forever. Now there are occasions, having said all of that about disappointments, there are occasions, and I'm sorry for all the cliches, but there are occasions when a disappointment turns out to be a God appointment. When what seemed terrible at the time and a loss at the time, and you thought, why in the world did that have to happen? But as you live on and as you go through and you look back, sometimes you actually thank God that that happened or that didn't happen that you thought should have or would have happened. And you find out actually it was a God appointment. God had a better plan. God had a better deal in place that we just couldn't see and we didn't know. And, and what seemed a great disappointment at the time actually was a good thing. And only hindsight shows that. So sometimes a disappointment later on becomes a God appointment. Because God sees the end from the beginning, doesn't he? And he sees way beyond what we can see. And he's already planning for us down the road. Even today. What about your hurts? Now, sometimes hurts take quite a while to heal. Sometimes your physical body, if it gets hurt, it, it just doesn't heal up in a day. Sure, it, does. it takes a while. And sometimes your heart and our emotions that's really deeply hurt, it takes a while. So I'm not in any way minimizing your hurt, whatever it may be. And all of us has had acute hurts in our life. And we just didn't get over it in a day. Sure, we didn't. And I know people say, well, chin up. But you didn't feel like chin up. You were wounded. And maybe today, who knows, maybe today. Because a smile often masks something inside, a hurt inside. And sometimes we're good at that, aren't we? We put on a brave face, but there's hurts inside. And maybe today, maybe you're hurt, whatever it may be, maybe that wound is still raw. It's not scarred over. It's still an open wound emotionally or even spiritually. And so I'm not minimizing that, but somehow, again by the grace of God, and maybe in, in time, that hurt is going to be healed and you can move on. And so for some of you, you're still raw and you're still dealing with it and you haven't got over it and it's, it's not just going to be over today. But for others... It is time to move on from the hurt. And it is time to 
take something else into this year with you and leave that hurt behind. And so there's a few things you can do with your hurt. You can nurse them. You can cling tightly to them and almost refuse to let them go. Or you can rehearse them. And we've, we all do that, don't we? we? We hit the replay button. And in our mind and in our heart, goes over and over and over and over. And we think about it and think about it and think about it. Particularly when you go to bed at night. Sometimes hard to switch off, isn't it? And so you can rehearse them. Somebody said about wounds that you can lick your wounds and live your life. Or you can live your wounds and lick your life. There's a temptation to live your wounds and continually go over them and get over them. Uh, and, and by the grace of God, we need to deal with them and move on from them. Now, hurts can be caused by bereavement, broken relationships, and those are major, major hurts. And they're not going to go away overnight. They're not. It's going to take some time to be able to get to the place where they're not hurting deeply the way they do, do right now. So again, we cannot minimize major hurts like that. Sometimes it's the lies and the wounds of others. But at some point, somewhere, we have got to overcome our hurts or our hurts will overcome us. I only found this out the other day when I was reading. I never knew this before. But in Isaiah, I think it's chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. For those of you who are hurting, really hurting, I want this right now to be an encouragement to you. I never, never knew this before until just this week. Isaiah 40 verse 11. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs with his arm and carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. He will gather the lambs with his arm. Now, apparently in the Hebrew, there are various words for lamb or lambs because there's various types of lambs. There's the yearling. There's the firstling. There's the ewe lamb. The sacrificial lamb. But the word that's used here in Isaiah 40 and 11, he should gather the lambs with his arm, is tila, T-E-L-A, tila. And it's the only time in the whole of Scripture that this word is ever used. And it's interesting 
A tila lamb is a lamb that has been blemished, that has been spotted, or has been wounded. A wounded lamb. And it's the only time it's mentioned. And it says that he, the shepherd, shall gather them in his arms. Christ is our shepherd. He's our good shepherd. He's our great shepherd. He's the chief shepherd. And the wounded lamb he gathers in his arms, in his bosom, close to his heart. Because the wounded lamb can't keep up with the rest of the flock. It's wounded. It needs help. And so the good shepherd takes it up and he carries it close to his heart. So if you're wounded today and you're struggling to keep up with the flock, the good shepherd will lift you in his arms keep you close to his heart. And he will lead you and the flock to green pastures and to still waters. And so the Lord is conscious of your hurts and your pains and what you have gone through or are going through. And he wants you close to his heart where he can comfort you where you'll feel safe and receive his grace and strength for the journey. What about your past sins? Satan delights in dragging up our past sins and parading them before us. And even though they're gone and dealt with, but he loves to drag them up. And when he does, he points them out and says, ha ha, do you remember? And of course you remember. How could you forget? But here's the truth. If we have truly repented of our sins, and if we have truly forsaken them, then we have truly been forgiven them. And they're gone forever. So no matter what the evil one does, and no matter how many times he wants to drag that up into your consciousness, you've got an answer for him. Isaiah 55, he abundantly pardons. Isaiah 43, he blots them out. Isaiah 53, he bore them away. Isaiah 6, Isaiah 7, he purged them. Isaiah 3, 8, he cast them behind his back. Micah 7, 19, he casts them into the depths of the sea. Psalm 103, 12, he removes them from us as far as the east is from the west. And Jeremiah 31, which is probably the greatest one, 
He remembers them no more against us forever. <laughs> we remember them. Other people may remember them. The evil one remembers them. But God has chosen to remember them no more. I don't know about you, but I'm at the age where I forget things. I drive down that road, I get to the roundabout, and I say to myself, where am I going? Who am I going to see? Now you're not like that. You're, you're too smart to be like that. Clifford said the other week, I walk into a room and I think, why did I come in here? What did I come in here for? Did you ever do that? It's just a malfunction of our brain, isn't it? It's been overloaded. Circuits are not working right today. <laughs> Gray matter's not too good today. But God doesn't have that problem. He doesn't forget. He chooses not to remember. He consciously has chosen not to remember your sins against you forever. Glory to God. So he's not going to bring them up. What about your past failures? Not talking about just a mistake or just a disappointment. It could be a moral or an ethical failure. David, the sweet psalmist of Israel, the greatest king Israel had ever known, the greatest warrior of Israel, man after God's own heart, and yet he had a great moral failure, which I don't need to elaborate, you know it so very well. What about Abraham, the father of the faith? He had an ethical failure. He lied about his wife. Told the king that it was his sister. Here's the great man of faith. Here's the friend of God. And yet he's an ethical failure. Peter, could you imagine that he would be the one to deny Jesus? The brash, super self-confident, the courageous, the one who was in Jesus' inner circle of three. And yet he failed, didn't he? Abysmally. And so all of us has had failures in the past, and maybe we've had a failure last year maybe even a moral failure or an ethical failure or some kind of failure. So what are we going to do with them? Have we taken them to Christ? Have they been dealt with? Have we repented? Have we said, sorry, Lord, and truly, truly meant it and have forsaken whatever it was that caused us to feel that way? then there's only one more thing we can do and that is to move on. Two thousand eighteen lies before us. It's an unpainted canvas, it's an untrodden path, it's full of potential, all opportunities, new beginnings, fresh starts, new chapter to write. The tale of two thousand eighteen has not been told yet.
chapter hasn't closed yet. So what are you going to do in it? What are you going to take with you into this new year? 1 Corinthians 13 and 3. 1 Corinthians 13 and 3 tells of all the things that have passed away, but three things remain. Faith, hope, and love. And of course, the greatest of these is love. So you've still got faith. There's a faith in your heart. And without it, we cannot please God. So we must take our faith into this year. Thank God for our faith for last year. But it's over. It's gone. It's in the past. We need it for this year. For whatever God has got in store for us. Whatever he wants us to reach out to achieve or to accomplish or to have or to be. Jesus said to Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith fail not. And so we need that faith. We need to take it into this year with us. And it may be just mustard seed faith. But that can move a mountain. And we need it. We need hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. We need hope to envisage something, to dream something, so that faith can bring that to pass. And so take hope into this new year. You say, David, last year I was beaten down so many times. But you're here today. And you've still got some faith. And you've still got some hope. So take that in with you. Love. Can't do without that. Sure we can't. We absolutely need love in this new year. 1 Corinthians 13 is beyond question the most challenging chapter in the Bible, in my opinion. And when you read what agape love is and what it requires, it's a very, very high standard, isn't it? That we've all fallen short of many times. But it's the aim. It's the target. And we cannot live that agape love. We, we cannot live that except by the power of the Holy Spirit and by the grace of God because it's not a natural love. It's not a natural love. It's supernatural. It's beyond us. Romans 5 and 8 the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. And so, let's try to leave behind our mistakes, our disappointments, our hurts, our past sins, our failures, and take into this year faith, hope, and love. And let's see what God has got in store for this new year. Because he's been planning since before the foundation of the world. And he's got plans for us which are good, Jeremiah 29 11. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. 
promise to give you hope and a future. And so God is already in this year before we ever got to it. And His good things strewn along the pathway of our life, those handfuls of purpose it talks about in the little book of Jude. And they're there for us to receive along the way. All we got to do is through faith and hope and love in Christ is keep going on this journey and trust Him and believe Him and put our faith in Him and allow Him to lead us. And so hurting one today, if that's you, let the shepherd take you up in his arms and hold you close to his heart. Maybe today you're that Tila lamb and he's looking out for you and he'll bless you and strengthen you and guide you and feed you and take you into fresh new green pastures. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the shepherd of our very souls today. And we look to you for guidance. We look to you to lead us. We look to you to comfort us, to feed us, to protect us, to hold us close to your heart. So we give you thanks for your mercies. They're new, they're fresh every morning, for great is your faithfulness to us. So we bless you this day. Help us to move into this new year with fresh confidence and hope and faith and love. And we'll give you the honor and all of the glory. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We produce a variety of sermon videos and inspiring Christian content available for free on our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and search Moira Pentecostal or visit our website for more information, www.mpc.org.uk.